Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside <laughs> Don't worry, this is the pre-studio pre-recording joke that just happened, but yes. <laughs> and welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Yes, guys, uh, welcome to this week's episode. My name is Kunal, Mithila is my co-host, and this is our sixth episode of the year. And uh, if you're actually figuring what happened to Formula One in the off-season, you are welcome to catch up with all our episodes where we've discussed every possible story from the winter break. Yeah, Kunal, I think our listeners are wondering more about what happened in the off-recording part of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But guys, sorry, some things will remain (laughs) off the record. But, uh, or in this case, off the recording. But, you know, Kunal, I think all of Formula One really overdid the whole Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari story in the off-season. Yes, instead we actually discussed how hiring Toto Wolff would benefit Ferrari more than hiring Lewis Hamilton. That was a really good point. Yes, anyway, that was then and we're actually here and now. The first pre-season test has only just ended. Of course, the next pre-season test is only a few days away. And there's actually so much that's happened while almost... Nothing has happened. That's how I see it. Yeah, we're a few days away from the second preseason test. But guys, we've got this episode. Uh, we're actually going to discuss some of the more fun times from the first preseason test. And in a few days, we actually have a very special podcast episode. Uh, this is with the newest recruit of the Red Bull Racing Driver Development Program, Jehan Daruwala. Yes, Jehan's announcement was such a pleasant surprise. I know how hard he's worked to get here. So... You know, to get onto the Red Bull Racing program is absolutely awesome, right? But we'll talk more about Jehan in the next episode because he was on the podcast a couple of days ago. And uh, I think we will release it in the midday of the second day of the second test. That's wow, when I... Wow, Kunal, I think you found the most complicated way of saying, guys, we will release it midday Wednesday. <laughs> well, I meant Thursday, but yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> you know, you make it sound like the Formula One rule book because uh, I tried reading the ruling around steering systems and, you know, given the whole hype around the DAS and uh, this is exactly how complicated it seems, honestly. But that's one of the many things that we will speak about in this episode about the first preseason test. And we will also look forward to the second preseason test. Yeah, guys, actually, we've made a team-wise list. Very organized, very methodical. And we're going to find uh, and share some of the funnier or the funniest moments from testing, actually. We will also discuss the current affairs of the week like we do every single episode. But before that, guys, don't forget to subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Google Podcasts. Basically, we're everywhere. Don't miss out on your weekly dose of Formula One humor. And this week, you will actually have two episodes like we just Right, But Benjamin wrote to us via our Facebook page. He said that in the last episode, we missed discussing what's the one thing you'd like to share. 
with our listeners. Wow. That whole segment that we started. <laughs> I can't believe we season. already forgot and could have we loved talking about ourselves. So it's kind of silly that we did. But uh, you know what? Yeah, we should make up for last week. Yes. Yeah, so why don't you tell me two things you'd like for our listeners to know about you? Okay, wait. So firstly, uh, okay, yeah, I am uh, terribly against the use of single-use plastic and especially straws. I try not to use them. And secondly, uh, apart from Formula One, I love travel. Travel is my passion and I actually write on travel for some of the world's leading media. Right. So what is your favorite city in Europe, which could actually also be a racing destination? <laughs> I'm going to say Budapest, hands down. I love that city. For me, it's Vienna, although I'd go to Alicante for their coffee and to Bratislava for their hot chocolate. So hi to all you guys listening from that part of the world. <laughs> you know, this cannot be counted as your two things to share, but yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I've shared this before, but I have raced competitively when I was younger, on water and on land. And I really hope that flying is next on my list, right? Uh, and yes, if you are a listener from Norway, get in touch via our Facebook page. I'm working really hard to get quicker in go-karts at the Harald Hoisman karting circuit in Oslo. So you're, you're welcome to join, guys. Fantastic. So guys, let's dive right in into the first preseason test. Okay, Kunal, let's go looking through our testing notes. Uh, I'm wondering if you're going to start by talking about the dual axis steering wheel system or the DAS as we've been calling it. It is the talk of the paddock. It is the talk of the internet. Every single person who follows Formula One, whether you're sitting on the fence or on our side or on the other side of the fence, every single person is, call, is talking of the dual axis steering and to me, it's, you know, the dual axis steering wheel system is like the matrix. It's everywhere you go, literally. <laughs> it's on Twitter, Facebook. Like I said, I saw it everywhere on Instagram. People are trying to have their own versions of what it does, what it doesn't do, what Mercedes will do, how this is the only thing that will win them or the one thing that will win them the seventh title. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of social media and Formula One, we might uh, soon be seeing Lewis Hamilton on TikTok. Uh, because he ran a poll on Instagram asking his followers if he should get TikTok. And I'm not sure what the result was. But yeah, I think time to get TikTok. Well, I think I'll have to get to TikTok only to see what sort of Formula One, con what sort of content Formula One teams are putting out there because there is excessive social media. Ah, and which, when I downloaded the app last week, you were laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, but that, that reminds me, guys. Uh, Formula One has actually overtaken MotoGP as the most followed motor racing series on the planet on social media. So hats off to That's all of us awesome. for propelling Formula One to this pedestal. I don't know what it means, but it just means a lot of content for all of us, right? And uh, thinking of TikTok, if all teams actually end up joining TikTok this season, I think Ferrari will only join in 2021 because, you know, it's Ferrari. Yeah, they, yeah. they take longer <laughs> to get ahead in the social media game. That's true. Uh, but by the way, back to dual axis steering. Uh, I think it's really good to see Mercedes just pushing their limits in 2020. Uh, of course, they're chasing their seventh title and there's no holding back. Uh, even if the system has been outlawed for 2021, Mercedes, they're still optimizing it to their advantage in 2020. So I spoke to a Formula One engineer and I can't name from which team. And this is where all that suspense builds up. But yes, guys, I did. And he actually said that the DAS is an old trick. And it just seems innovative because it's probably being used in Formula One for the first time, right? But in my assessment of what the DAS is, actually, I have been reflecting on Sebastian Vettel's statements, you know, and it offered a lot of insight. He said that the DAS alone will not win 
Mercedes races. It is the whole package. And I so agree with that. It's not the one big thing that's going to make the big difference that's for Mercedes. That's actually true. And it's almost like uh, we're still to establish what clear benefit and performance it can offer. Like, will it be drivability or tyre management or what exactly? That actually is a very good question. And this is again where another Vettel statement comes handy. He said that it's probably not as easy for the drivers to use it, right? And uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I loved the onboard cameras that showed the Mercedes drivers, you know, using the DAS. And in fact, you know, after a while, I was just trying to predict when next or when, how would they engage and then disengage the DAS while on a lap around Barcelona. You know, it seemed like this flying column in an aircraft, you know, and it's actually an action racing drivers are not used to while being in their cockpit. That's true. But then again, you know, we've seen drivers really evolve over time. Like, for example, they're making so many settings changes just over one lap and the DAS setting, it's going to be one more. Uh, I mean, assuming that Mercedes actually continues to use this all through the season. So that's what I was wondering next. You know, will Mercedes use the DAS selectively? And, uh, you know, if the DAS is improving their drivability, will they purely use this in qualifying to sort of set a faster lap? If it's improving tire life, will they use this in races where they have a history of higher tire wear? We don't know the use cases. I'm just asking the questions and there are no right or wrong answers. Pretty much everyone's just doing a lot of guesswork. No, those are good questions. But then I also would wonder why Mercedes would develop something that could only be used selectively, you know, at maybe a few races or something. Yeah, you're right. Like I said, just asking the questions and hopefully we will find the answers in the time to come, right? But uh, to answer the selective usage point, and this is actually what Formula One teams currently do as well, right? They set up a car suited to each circuit. They have aerodynamics suited to each circuit. And maybe the DAS is one more setting uh, to keep in mind, which could be circuit specific. Okay, but you know what, Kunal? I'm just going to pause all this serious stuff because I had like a very seriously awesome thought. Kunal, I'm wondering if the DAS is Mercedes's way of challenging Lewis Hamilton, you know, to find out the faults in the racing car. Uh, because what was Lewis Hamilton's single most, like, biggest complaint against Mercedes last year? Tires. Well, yes. Of course, tires. <laughs> Bono, my tires are dead. I just remembered that meme. Actually, it wasn't just a meme or it became a meme because it was one of the most frequently used radio message between Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes pit wall. Exactly, right? So maybe the DAS is like Mercedes's way of improving tire life and then challenging Lewis Hamilton that, hey, we fixed that. Find other faults in our car. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly why... We love doing what we do on the Inside Line F1 podcast. To me, that's the most alternative explanation about the DAS I've heard anywhere on the internet yet. But thanks, Mithila. I am now excited to see if your theory comes into effect. I just think maybe Mercedes is using the DAS as like a decoy to throw teams off guard. They go chasing the decoy and they go chasing the DAS while Mercedes focuses on other optimizations on their car. Who knows? Watch and learn, I guess. Anyway, guys, up next is Ferrari. And Kunal, mind you, we cannot spend as long on every team because then we're going to be talking forever. Right. I don't mind that. But okay, <laughs> on to Ferrari. Uh, it seems to me that they came to the test with some predetermined outcomes, right? They said, come what may, we, we are not going to top any of the timing sheets Ever. And that seems so evident to all of us. I know, right? They're doing like the opposite of what they've been doing all these years. Well, it seems like they, they, they were like, yeah, we're going to use heavier fuel loads. We're going to use lower engine modes. 
you know, we'll keep down talking our performances. We'll keep saying how, uh, you know, things are not going well. And to me, Ferrari is actually very predictable on both sides of the scale. <laughs> you know, whether they do well or they don't do well, it's so predictable. Very true. And, you know, in fact, all through this test, I was waiting to see what Sebastian Vettel names the SF1000. But I don't think he's made the name public quite uh, yet. Well, I don't think so either. But one of our listeners, Sagar Sheth, he wrote to us again on our Facebook page because that's the best way to reach to uh, reach out. Uh, he wrote a, a recommendation for Sebastian Vettel. He said that Vettel should call the SF1000 spinning Dorsey. Ah. Okay, I get the joke, but let's really hope it's not a spinning season for Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, frankly, Vettel. I don't think Ferrari. I don't think they're half as bad as they looked in Barcelona. Uh, I mean, they might not have shown their speed, but at least with that tire wear, they seem to be on par with rivals. But again, Kunal, let's see what happens at the second test. Sebastian Vettel said that Ferrari weren't chasing lap times in the first test. Let's see actually what happens when they chase lap times in the second test, because sooner or later they will have to do performance runs. And that's what pretty much everyone is going to look out for in the second test. That's a good point. And Kunal, I think you've missed Sebastian Vettel's funniest quote from the first test. So this is what he said on the Mercedes, uh, the DAS system. He said, if everything I've heard is true, instead of a steering wheel, they're now going to have a video game controller. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, Sebastian Vettel's humor is on point. It if, is on point. If nothing else, <laughs> if not his health. But I hope he's going to be like, I hope if they've seen their worst, you know, at the start of the testing itself. Right. But uh, I also liked how Ferrari were using different ways to block access to their cars in the garage. Yeah, the, the teams are banned from using uh, garage screens in 2020. Uh, I saw how Ferrari had their team personnel crowd in front of their car time and time again. And then they used lights underneath the car so pictures of their diffuser wouldn't be so easy to take. Now, let's, yeah, let's really hope that... Ferrari have put as much effort onto the actual 2020 car as well, the SF1000, right? Because uh, that's what they need. They need a kick-ass season more than anyone else. True. But it's so surprising. We've been talking about Ferrari, but we've barely spoken about Charles Leclerc. And I'm surprised. Do you yeah, have anything on your We have not talk about him. But, you know, Kunal, I love how he writes with, you know, a pen and a little notebook and that too in English. I mean, honestly, I thought he'd have made notes in French, but English is good for us. English is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and I was busy zooming into the picture and, you know, uh, trying to figure out what he's written. I, I think the only bothering word in finally when everyone zoomed in and did their own, you know, write-up uh, of his notes, the only bothering word there was the word understeer. Right. <laughs> That's what's probably going to bother them in, in, in the second test and hopefully not. Uh, they'll find a solution around that. But OK, on to Red Bull Racing. I think Honda was the only power unit manufacturer that had no on track issues. Yes, they had a change in the pits. It was, it was a precautionary change. But if you guys remember, Ferrari, Mercedes and Renault all had on track stoppages. Yeah, and I think that's a great statement from Honda. You know, fantastic stuff. And they're building onwards and upwards from 2019. And in fact, Red Bull Racing seemed to be closely matched with Mercedes. Uh, I'm told that upgrades are expected soon to, you know, help them bridge the gap. And Red Bull Racing are expecting a party mode from Honda. So lots to play for. Yeah, there. I really know that Red Bull's parties are actually the best parties in the <laughs> paddock. So let's really hope this one is also the best party mode that they've ever had. They've been lacking this mode since 2014. They've been desperately begging for a party mode since then. And let's see what it comes comes up with. Because 
If Red Bull Racing get it right, I'm so excited by the prospects of a real Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen battle and also a battle between the two pit walls, you know, upon strategy and so on, right? And frankly, in all of this, the only thing about Red Bull that seemed very un-Red Bull-like to me was their online car launch, actually. You know, it, it was like, uh, you know, Dietrich put all his money on the AlphaTauri launch and he said, that's it, I have no money to launch the Red Bull Aww. Racing car. <laughs> It actually seemed like that to me as well. But anyway, guys, up next is McLaren. And Kunal, they've been running pretty solid on all the days, actually. Yes, Andrea Seidel, he called this as their best start to testing since years. And they seem pretty stable and quick. And Sahil Gore, he actually uh, wrote to us on Facebook again, yes, uh, saying that the shade of blue on the McLaren car reminded him of Fernando Alonso's Renault from 2005 and six. And Zyle's actually a very old listener of ours, and he's I know that he's a massive Ferrari fan. So hi and thanks, Sahil. Hi there, Sahil. And Kunal, in fact, McLaren even brought an upgrade to their uh, base package on the last day of testing. And, you know, my hope for them this season is that they can finally break away from the midfield and join the top three teams, you know, right up ahead. I think that's what I want. Well, isn't that everyone's dream for McLaren and Formula One? And I, I'd assume so. And okay, up next, Renault, the talk was all about their all-black livery. And it was, it is still so wow. It is so beautiful. And I hope they continue using it in the races as well. Yeah, that's true. And one of our listeners, Aniket, he wrote to us saying that black is the last stage of a ripening banana. And Kunal, my first thought was, okay, so when the hell was Renault ever ripe in Formula One in the first place? <laughs> Esteban Ocon is already trying his best to please his bosses at Renault. He actually made a statement that goes like, I have never driven a Formula One car with so much downforce. Now, whenever any one of you meets Esteban Ocon next, please remind him that he has tested Mercedes' racing cars more than a few times, <laughs> right? But um, of the four power unit manufacturers, Renault clocked the fewest kilometers in the first test. And I don't think that sort of surprises any one of us. No. And in fact, speaking of Ocon, you know, I found it funnier uh, was when he said that Mercedes had authorized him to reveal their secrets to Renault. Of course. And I was just like, what? And, uh, you know, my first thought was like, yeah, it's okay to get to know their secrets. But does Renault actually have the resources to execute those ideas? Well, you know, it, it seems so strange. It's like how we all go to a job interview, you know, to a competitor and then say, yeah, you know, when I come, I'll bring the your competitor's business with <laughs> me and so on. And it sounded like that. But let's remember that Renault aren't Racing Point Force India F1 team or whatever it's going to be Aston called. Aston Martin Racing Team, <laughs> as we now call it. Yeah. And, you know, I OK, I assume now that we're going to talk about Racing Point next. And this means that it is the pink Mercedes cars, as everyone's been calling them. And uh, personally, I loved what Racing Point is believing at the moment. They think that they're faster than Mercedes. Sorry, they think they're faster than Ferrari. Can you believe that? That's interesting. That, that would be so awesome if something like that happens, right? But uh, Sergio Perez, he's, he showed some really good speed and lap times. And uh, actually... All of Racing Point's talks were overshadowed about the fact that their car is similar, so similar to Mercedes's W10 from last year. And Kunal, I really liked how Andrew Green clarified that the similarity between this year's uh, Racing Point car and last year's Mercedes is because drawings were made by looking at pictures of Mercedes. 
<laughs> I mean, if if I remember correctly, it was actually Racing Point that went on this huge media offensive against Haas for uh, following a similar routine with Ferrari in 2019. Well, the AB team concept, I am in favor of such a model for Formula One, but this is for another episode right now. It's just the preseason tests. And so up next is Alfa Romeo. They were the only team to actually use a test driver in the preseason testing. Robert Kubica took to the wheel. Uh, well, it's actually a bit of a surprise given how testing is reduced from eight to six days in 2020. Yeah, Kunal, I have a confession to make. You know, I am still getting all confused between Alfa Tori and Alfa Romeo. I know it's stupid, but I kid you not. Well, you know what I did a few <laughs> days ago, and I'm not kidding. Matt Strachan, he's a former colleague of mine from Force India. He's now uh, with Toro Rosso. And then on LinkedIn, he actually went and he changed the company that he works with. He changed the name to Alpha Tauri. And I actually wrote to him congratulating him for a move to Alpha Romeo. Oh, God, are you serious? I, I kid you not, you can open my LinkedIn. And if you guys think I'm kidding, write to me. I can actually scare, share a screenshot of how oh. Matt and I had a laugh on this one. Right? Uh, in that case, we won't embarrass you again. You, uh, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a serious faux pas, right? Yeah, I can't believe that the first fumble between Alpha Romeo and Alpha Tori has already happened. And it wasn't on our podcast and it wasn't by me, crucially. You're evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk of Alpha Tauri next since we're already at it. We all probably hated the way they launched their car with the whole fashion design uh, modeling stuff that was there. But they had steady performance and uh, Helmut Marco upgraded them from sister team to B team status. And I have actually no clue what the difference in that is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly the same. But I think it means that there will be greater technology transfer between Red Bull Racing and Alpha Tori. Well, yes, but I wonder why they didn't engage in such a technology transfer already. And it hopefully wasn't because of the relationship nomenclature. Well, well. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Haas next. So, Romain Grosjean was trolled. Poor chap. Continuously through testing. Well, I know we all had a good laugh when Otmar Schoff, now our, my ex-boss, actually took a dig at Roman at the Racing Point launch, right? And yes, it was funny, but I also think it was a bit uncalled for. So... Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Haas was also the only team that saw both the drivers bin their cars on separate occasions. Uh, but Romain Grosjean and the trolls. So while replying to the trolls, Romain Grosjean has actually been using these very fancy culinary references. So he replied to one troll online saying that you cannot make an omelette without breaking the eggs. Well, I don't know how Something the Mercedes like and the Ferrari guys do that because they <laughs> definitely are making the, the omelette in question without, without breaking, breaking the, the eggs, eggs right? <laughs> but uh, Grosjean has said that he might not race in Formula 1 after 2020. And this is after saying a few years ago that he wanted to race in Formula 1 till he was at least 40 years old or like till 2027, right? And Roman Grosjean is actually one of those guys who was involved in developing the 2021 regulation. So it would be a bit of a shame to not see him race in the new era. That is true. And in fact, Gary from one of our WhatsApp groups said something really funny, uh, that the loss of Gromain Grosjean would actually be more for Netflix than Haas because, you know, he is some <laughs> serious entertainment and maybe Netflix would be willing to pay for his contract. Well, well, yes. <laughs> Thank you, forward. Gary. That was a nice one. <laughs> it was funny. And uh, finally, Kunal, we have Williams to talk about. Uh, they've actually had lots of positives if you compare them to the testing last year. And they have a good-looking car. Well, I think Williams have realized over all their time in Formula 1 that there are two 
very secure ways of making sure they got they get television coverage first having a fast car and second having a really sexy looking car and they must have thought to themselves okay we're trying to build a fast car but there's no guarantees so let's at least build a really good looking car and i think that's what they've done <laughs> good thinking guys but uh, williams missed a few days of testing in 2019 but in 2020 they were the first team out on the first day some statement right indeed and george russell beat their times at barcelona from 2019 but actually you know what the most flattering point for williams would have been ferrari were actually filming the williams car in action at the first pre-season test Ooh, I know, right? Can you believe that? Like one of the Williams's engineer during his appraisal will say, "I don't know what I did, but I built such a good car that Ferrari were filming our car in action." <laughs> That's awesome. But you know what? The funny score of the test was from George Russell, and he said that the worst thing about being a Formula One driver is that I don't get to watch Formula One anymore. Absolutely. Now you guys know why I had to bail on my racing career because I just love watching Formula One so ah, much more. Ah, now you tell us the truth. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us for now, and we will see you in just a few days with Red Bull Racing's latest junior driver recruit, Jehan Daruwala, back on our show. And here's really hoping that every team finds something more in the second pre-season test in a few days' time. We'll see you soon. Adios. Adios. <laughs>